I'm Karen Florin, and this is the Storyline Podcast. Today I'm here with Stephanie Johnson um, from One Digital uh, in Atlanta, who has been conducting diversity training at the day. Um, Stephanie, I'd love if you would tell us a little bit about yourself first, and then we'll delve into your program. Well, I love you know teaching diversity, equity, inclusion, and now we've added belonging to that, just so that it's it's going to be a complete message for people to either refresh or some concepts are going to be new. Anything that increases a little empathy and humanity in the workplace. You mentioned over lunch that you um, have been with the company for about a year. Yes. And that you've actually built this um, program that we are getting the benefit of from the ground up. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, So basically, once we had social unrest in this country, then I knew there was a message that needed to resonate with those who would be considering any kind of training. And when I looked for what was already out there, it just didn't exist. So there is this 12-part series that we do, and it sounds like 12 parts is just overwhelming. But really, we're really going to step into this this progression from going from unconscious bias to inclusive habits is really a progression. You're just not going to flip and do that overnight. So people can partake in as much or as little of this uh, 12-part series in order to meet the needs of their organization. Wonderful. And we have secured your services for six of those 12, yes, over a six-month period. Would you tell us how our program is designed? Absolutely. So I love the six pieces that you actually chose because you're starting out with the unconscious bias piece, which we'll call the 100th part of the series. And then you're moving into the conscious bias. So now we're learning to mitigate some of our biases, which is the 200 part of the series. Moving into the 300s, where we're now going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about conscious inclusion. So working with others, considering cultures, considering how we have some of those tough conversations, and then ending up your six-part series in inclusive habits. So now we're solidifying being just better together than we would be if we were didn't have these skills that we obtained through these six-part series. At about the same time that you arrived at One Digital, we formed a diversity committee here at The Day um, because we knew that we had work to do. I think like anybody else has work to do, and we wanted to tackle it. Today's um, training, which I've just uh, been through, was... um, you know, it was non-confrontational and it was not intimidating. Um, would you talk about some of the fears that people have when they come into your classrooms and then how you alleviate them? Sure. Their biases will tell them that the training is not going to be great because they're, if we're talking about what they've experienced in the past, maybe they've experienced some training that you know, meets them in head on or maybe what they are hearing in, you know, media or what they have in their mind, that training has to be confrontational. And it does not. If we get a chance to just see things a little bit differently and open our eyes into how we can actually help with some of the uh, social unrest, some of the things that we could do differently, man, once I know that I can be a part of the solution, then I'm all in. So really, that's the angle that I think that this training uh, really resonates, and I'm happy 
that you know you were able to experience that today. And you had us several times uh, break up into groups and do interactive uh, activities. Would you talk a little bit about how uh, that's so effective? Sure. So be, prior to COVID, you know, that was just a thing that we just did. When we were in the room together, we we're going to move around. And I've had to be a little bit more conscious about people's sensitivity during these times. So with their level of comfort, we were able to move around and... If I sat next to you, Karen, the, for the entire event, then I have your perspective and my perspective. But if you were able to sit with a couple of different groups of people, I love the fact that you were able to gain some other uh, perspectives. They understand you a little better. And isn't that all reason why we're doing this in the first place, right? For sure. Uh, you mentioned that this you want to make sure that this is a safe space uh, and I think people tend to maybe, you know, poo-poo that a little bit. But could you describe and explain why that's so important? The safe space is going to be a showstopper or a non-negotiable for many people. If you don't feel safe, if I'm going to come with things that you feel like we're in a combative situation, then I feel that I'm shutting you down and I'm not doing my job as the facilitator Everyone should have a safe space to feel how they feel coming into the training. And then they will gain their own perspective. Maybe their eyes will be open to something if they feel safe. If they don't, it's not going to work. Can you tell us about some of the feedback you've you've received from your uh, former work to let you know that you're doing the right thing? Every time that someone gets takes the opportunity to walk towards me and have words after the course or during the course and let me know that this is, they've been able to think about some things that they never even would have considered before. Some of the funny things they say is you teach an old dog new tricks. Um, maybe I thought this was going to stink, this training was going to stink, but it was not. It, it really helps me understand that I'm on the right track. So I look for the feedback, however they give it to me, on some things I can do better. But every time they say something along those lines, it says, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, do you mind if I get a little personal with you? Not at all. Um, okay, Stephanie. So we have um, at the day not a very diverse workforce, and we're trying to work on that. Um, you are a black woman in her 50s. Can you talk a little bit about your own experiences and why you're so passionate about this? And I love the fact that you said that to me just now, and you probably don't even realize that you use one of the best terms that you could have used when you were describing me. There's so much out there nowadays when they say, you know, hey, African-American women, and some people do prefer that, but there's a population that's not included when we say things like that because not everybody is, is African-American. So I do like the fact that you said, you know, black or brown woman. I love that. Uh, so I just want to make sure I give you kudos for that. But um, some of the things that are being done to affect what the biases that we have when I'm just looking at applications is removing some of the names from the applications. Some of the things that we're doing to increase our pool is to be able to make sure that some of the things that we're inquiring about, there's some blindness to it. The less that's revealed in applications, resumes, those type of things, it does give you a chance. 
yourself a chance to maybe get exposed to some of the people that you may not have been exposed to before. That's just a small thing that I can mention that's out there. But if you want to get more diverse, the good news is we can. And it's just going to take effort. It's going to take things, thinking about things the way we have it in the past. And there's all types of websites that can help with that. One of the things that you did say this morning during the training was that there is not a level playing field. Would you explain what that means? It's a great book written by Stephanie Johnson, not yours truly. Uh, hers is spelled with an F. And uh, that book is uh, called Inclusify. And I want to make sure that I give her credit for explaining that the the playing field is not level. And when I when I read that and I did more research, I think that it's important for us to really talk about there's so many times that we're trying to get to equal and that is going to set us up for where we won't reach what we're setting out to do. So if we understand that the playing field is not level, but it's what you do about it afterwards, I think that, that just kind of lets us all kind of say, okay, we can take a deep breath and not aim for something that, you know, to me is false. Wow. So much for us to think about. Is there anything else that you think we should think about as we move forward um, at the day and in the community? I love the fact that you have a commitment to what you're doing here at the day. And the more that people know about your commitment, because you serve your community so well, then you know, doing things like a podcast or announcements, and then that way your community knows where you're heading. You will be surprised at how many people jump on board to help as well. So it just needs to be news, right? And no pun intended with that for people that the, you you're that you're not just having a diversity class. You actually have a commitment, and your commitment statements around it, uh, having all of the leadership that is backing it is huge. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me here in Connecticut. Beautiful. Hi, my name is Isaskun Larañeta, Managing Editor at The Day and Chair of The Day's Diversity Committee. We want to thank our sponsors, the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut, Chelsea Groton Foundation, and the William Gasper Grousting Memorial Fund for sponsoring this critical and important work.